Years ago, when I was a little boy and maybe about this tall, my mom took me shopping in Springfield, Missouri at a big department store. I don't remember a whole lot from that day other than I really didn't want to go. And another thing I remember is as we entered the store, my mom looked at me and, and pretty seriously she said, Todd, stay with me. Don't get lost. Um, she said that because we were from a small town and going to the big department store wasn't something I did every day. I decided I would find my mom's leg and I would follow that leg wherever it went throughout the department store. So that's what I did. Uh, we went up and down, aisle after aisle. Um, I'm sure every once in a while I, I saw something at my eyesight level that caught my attention, probably a toy or something shiny. Um, but, but I remembered, stick with that leg, follow that leg wherever it goes. This went on for, gosh, it felt like an hour or more. And finally, I, I was just tired and I was getting ready to, to say something to my mom. So I looked up and my jaw dropped because that leg I was following around was no longer connected to my mom. It was connected to a stranger. And really quickly, panic set in for this little kid in this strange store um, who was, used to be next to his mama. And I realized very quickly, I was lost. Um, I, I tried to backtrack, even though I hadn't been, really been paying attention to where I was. I was just following that leg. I backtracked through the aisles and, and tried to figure out where my mom might be. Um, I couldn't find her. My wandering took me by the, the front of the store where there was a customer service desk. And thankfully, there was a very kind employee working there, a young woman who not only was, was doing her job, but she also was pretty observant. And, and uh, she, she was a caring person, I remember, because she not only saw the, the look of distress on my face, but she probably saw the tears pooling in the corners of my eyes and, and just the fact that I was alone. And she said, little boy, are you lost? And I could barely nod my head, yes, I am. And, and she came to my rescue. She saved me that day. She got on the store intercom, called for my mom. And I remember a few minutes later, my mom walking up, relieved to see me, but also kind of with this knowing smile on her face. Todd, I told you to stay with me. I told you to follow where I went. And it was so simple yet I, I had failed in that. Being lost and getting lost is something that, that happens to all of us at different times. Uh, the more we live, the more things we try, the more places we go to, it's almost inevitable that at some point in life we become lost. Uh, I, I'm curious if you can think back of a time in your life when you got lost, hopefully not in a simple department store, but maybe on a road trip or visiting a new city or hiking through the woods where, where you got turned around. Um, it can happen to all of us, and it, and it happens so easily and simply. Spiritually, we, we think about being lost um, in, in a different way, a much more significant way. Uh, for most of us that are church people, Christians, uh, we're doing our best to follow Jesus every day, uh, be, being lost is something that, that, that was way back in a rearview mirror in a lot of ways. It's something that happened a long time ago. Um, 
the words from the, the hymn Amazing Grace by, by John Newton point this out very well. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost back then, a while back in the past, but now I'm found. Was blind again in the past, but now I see here and today. And I think for, for many of us, that have been Christians for many years, an interesting thing happens the farther we get away from that point of being lost. The more years that passed from the time we've been found, from the time we've saved, from the time we placed our faith in Jesus, um, a little bit of, of maybe arrogance creeps in, and that's probably not the right word, but maybe a little bit of, of lost perspective. Um, we become very sure of things. We become um, maybe set in our ways. We, we, for me, the biggest thing is I've thought about this as from when I was a teenage boy and decided to give my life to Jesus and try my best to start living for, for him then until now, um, there have been times when I have forgotten that Jesus is the one that saved me wasn't anything I did. It wasn't me rescuing myself or, or doing anything for myself, but it was Jesus who's the Savior. And I think as, as Christians, as church people, that's, that's easy to lose perspective of as time goes on. This morning, today, we're going to look at a, a story from the Bible about a man who was lost. And um, it's a story where I encourage you as you hear it and think about it, to consider when did this man realize that he was lost and when did he become found? When was he saved? When did he begin living for something and someone other than himself? And the story we're going to look at is in Luke chapter 19. It's the story of Zacchaeus. And I'll be reading the, the message paraphrase of this story today. Luke chapter 19, starting in verse 1. Then Jesus entered and walked through Jericho. There was a man there, his name Zacchaeus, the head tax man and quite rich. He wanted desperately to see Jesus, but the crowd was in his way. He was a short man and couldn't see over the crowd. So he ran on ahead and climbed up in a sycamore tree so he could see Jesus when he came by. When he got to the tree, when Jesus got to the tree, Jesus looked up and said, Zacchaeus, hurry down. Today is my day to be a guest in your home. Zacchaeus scrambled out of the tree, hardly believing his good luck, delighted to take Jesus home with him. Everyone who saw the incident was indignant and grumped. What business does Jesus have getting cozy with this crook? Zacchaeus just stood there, a little stunned. He stammered apologetically, uh, Master, I give away half my income to the poor. And if I'm caught cheating, I pay four times the damages. Jesus says, today is salvation day in this home. Here he is, Zacchaeus, son of Abraham. For the son of man came to find and restore the lost. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This story raises a few questions in my mind. I, I, as I read scripture, that's... That's the way I process it usually, is I, I think about the what-ifs and why did that happen. 
And the first question that springs to my mind is, is why did Zacchaeus so desperately want to see Jesus? Why was he willing to go through the embarrassment of making a spectacle of himself, climbing up into a tree, just so he could lay eyes on, on Jesus? I wonder if it might be something like today when a celebrity comes through town or, or someone famous drives through your neighborhood. You go out, you stand on the sidewalk, you just want to get a glimpse of them. Maybe even try to get a selfie with your, with your phone and, and the celebrity in the background. Maybe that's what prompted Zacchaeus in the story. Um, I also wonder if, if there was something a little deeper going on. I wonder if there was something within Zacchaeus, within his spirit, within his heart, um, that was troubled, that realized the life he was living was pretty empty. Sure, he was rich, but everybody hated him. Um, Maybe, maybe he was seeking more. Maybe he had a thought that this man, Jesus, who he had heard about healing people and, and preaching amazing things about connecting with God, maybe this man, Jesus, has the answer I'm looking for. And maybe that's what prompted Zacchaeus to go out of his way to, to lay eyes on Jesus. I also wonder if perhaps, it doesn't say this in the story, but perhaps Zacchaeus and Jesus had already met at some point previously that we don't know about. You know, when, when Jesus walked up to the tree and looked up, he called Zacchaeus by name. Um, maybe that's just a, a supernatural thing Jesus was able to do at parties, was to call people by name before he even met them. But maybe in this situation, Zacchaeus had met Jesus before, and he got enough of a taste of this man, the greatness, the, the caringness, the something different about Jesus that he heard he was coming through and he wasn't going to let his short stature get in the way of missing the chance to connect with Jesus again. I'm not sure, but something motivated Zacchaeus, something drove him to seek Jesus, to go out of his way to connect with him again. A second question comes, comes to mind that I've already alluded to, and that's when in this story did Zacchaeus realize that he was living for the wrong thing? When did he realize he was really lost? Um, I, I'm curious the way that the story unfolds, if it was the fact that the, the people around him who didn't think highly of him at all, when he, he climbed down from the tree and they grumbled and complained and, and said, you know, Jesus... <laughs> You may not know who this guy is, but he has a bad reputation. He's greedy, he cheats, he swindles, um, he's only about himself. I wonder if, if that convicted Zacchaeus in a way that helped him see his lacking, helped him see his sin, helped him see the need to be found, to be saved. I I also wonder if it might be something um, a little bit more in here, but the, the, the wording um, as, as Zacchaeus is confronted by this crowd is, is a little bit vague and a little bit strange. And the message paraphrase that I read, it, it makes it sound like Zacchaeus had, had already started um, his had started giving things away. He had stopped being selfish. He had stopped being greedy. He'd stopped trying to take advantage of people. 
Um, and that, that's kind of the language in the message. But it seems like the more accurate translation, going back to the Greek, is that this is a line in the sand decision. This is a specific moment where Zacchaeus realizes the error of his past, realizes that he had been selfish, and he is really saying, from now on, I will stop cheating people. From now on, those that I have cheated, I'll give back more than what I owe them. Moving forward in my life, I will start caring about people and living not, not only for God, but for people as well. I'll care about people more than I care about myself. Um, and, and it seems like that realization hit him in, in this moment. There's a, a third question uh, that I have about that, and, and, and that's really Jesus' response to, Je- to Zacchaeus making this declaration. Zacchaeus says, okay, I'm no longer that old person. I realize I've been missing out. I realize I've been living for the wrong thing. And Jesus' response, Jesus says, today salvation has come to this house. And especially when I was younger and and would read through this story, I would pause for a minute and say, wait a minute, Jesus. Doesn't Zacchaeus need to do some some churchy stuff first? Doesn't he need to to say a prayer um, and and acknowledge his sin and ask for forgiveness? Doesn't he need to at least go to a worship service or be baptized or take communion? And, And... Obviously, the answer in this situation right here is he didn't need to do any of that. Uh, It was simply a decision between Zacchaeus and Jesus. And I think sometimes we make following Jesus much more complicated than it is. Don't get me wrong. All those things are so important. Being a part of worship, uh, being baptized and indicating to others that we are going to follow Jesus with our life. Taking communion as a church family. All those things are so important. But the starting point for our relationship with Jesus when we've been lost and wandering on our own um, can be much simpler and much easier than any of those kinds of things. And then finally, at the end of this story, uh, if you hear nothing else today, this is the key. This is the the point of the whole story. Jesus sums everything up by, by proclaiming the good news. He, he talks about what Christianity is all about. And that is Jesus came to find and restore the lost. Jesus came to find and restore each one of us. And that applies to you and to me. No matter how long we've been following around the, the wrong leg in the department store, think we're doing the right thing, but really we're, we're distracted and, and off track. That goes for us no matter how long and how high up in the sycamore tree we've climbed and we're just kind of alone and on our own and desperately trying to figure out is there more to life or not. The great news is that Jesus is seeking you. Jesus wants to find you. And he is the only one that can do that. Um, You can't do it on your own. I can't do it for you. But Jesus, as our Savior, proclaims that good news to Zacchaeus in this story, and it's the same good news for you and I today.
on April 25th, a Sunday, um, I don't know if you remember what you were doing uh, a couple months ago on that date. I wouldn't, except for this very unique situation that I'm going to tell you about. Um, my wife, Carolyn, she was mowing grass on the riding lawnmower in our, our neighborhood. And uh, a lady, we, we live on the end of a, a dead-end gravel road, and a lady named Kathy, we didn't know her name yet, didn't know her at all, pulled up, pulled off to the side of the gravel, got out of her car and walked through the yard to basically stop Carolyn from mowing grass. Kind of odd. And as Carolyn and Kathy began to talk, Carolyn learned that Kathy's husband, Rich, and a friend, Mark, had gone mushroom hunting, April 25th, prime mushroom, Morel mushroom hunting season in Missouri. And they had gone in an 80-acre 80 80 section of, of rugged timber and woods uh, in our area. Um, but that was at 1.30 in the afternoon, and this was getting close to 5.30. Thankfully, Rich and Mark had a cell phone, and as they were seeking mushrooms, they got lost. There are a couple of creeks back in this section of, of woods that, that meander and, and turn and curve. And um, Rich and Mark, they lost their way. They, they thought if we, we just head downstream for a while, we'll come into a road or some civilization. That's not how it is in our area. So they gave up on that plan and started back upstream, but they couldn't get their bearings. They didn't know how to get out. They're not only lost, but we found out Mark... Um, was in bad health. Um, they had ran out of water. Uh, Mark was getting dehydrated. His legs were cramping. He could barely walk. So it was more than just, you know, walk a certain direction or something like that. They needed, they needed people to come, come into the woods and find them. So we got together. We put our game plan together. Uh, my neighbor Greg uh, got his four-wheeler, and Greg drove me kind of a back around to out roundabout way to the edge of a patch of woods, dropped me off, and I kind of dove off into the woods and slipped and slided, that's the wrong way to say that, but slid down this really steep bluff um, and, and got down to the creek bottom where I thought they were. Every so often I would, I would stop and I'd yell, Rich, Mark, and just hoping that they could hear me, hoping that they would respond. Um, after about two or three hundred yards of doing that, I, I finally heard someone yell back. So I ran toward the, the voice, and I'll never forget um, Rich's expression on his face. He was still in the woods. He, he, you know, he wasn't out of there right then, but just the sense of relief, the smile that filled his face, the sense of joy. He had been found. He wasn't alone anymore. Um, Mark, when I got to him, he also smiled and was appreciative, but he, he physically was just, he was sitting on the stump resting. He, he was in some pain. He needed some help. But there was nothing to fear because Todd showed up to save the day, or so I thought. Um, this was an area of, of woods that I was somewhat familiar with, but had never walked through it. Um, but I, I was pretty confident, and I told Rich and Mark, okay, guys, follow me this way. This will lead us to, to where you came in at, and we'll get us out of here. But I had only gone a, a few dozen yards, and, and they were following me. 
when I begin to realize this doesn't look quite right. And thankfully, uh, there weren't any clouds that day, and, and the sun was still visible. It hadn't fallen below the, the trees yet. And I could look, and I knew the sun is in the west, but I thought the sun should be over here, and in fact, it was over here. So I was leading these guys in the wrong direction. I showed up to help them, to save them, to rescue them. And in my confidence, my arrogance, my relying on myself, I was taking them farther down the path of being lost. And just to pause in the story here for a moment, um, I, I think that a couple of lessons that, that this situation reminded me of is the the farther away I, I get from that moment years ago as a teenager when I placed my faith in Jesus, when I went from being lost to being found spiritually, um, the easier it is for me to, to feel like I've got my life all under control. But thankfully that day in that situation, the sun symbolically reminded me that God is bigger than I am, God is constant. God is there. God is the reference point. And as I look to Jesus for help every day and guidance every day, um, I, I can't forget that. I can't forget that Jesus is the one who saves me and not myself. The other thing that this, this situation really pointed out is how much I need other people. Because it's, it's obvious, I found Rich and Mark, I was the first person to them, but I needed help from my family and our neighbor, neighbors to figure out the right way out of the woods. So thankfully, through cell phones and some GPS tracking and all those kind of things, we realized, okay, this is the direction we need to go. Don't follow me anymore this way like I was leading you, but we need to go this way. And as others gathered and, and my youngest son Titus and, and his friend Justin, our neighbor, brought in bottles of water for Mark and Rich to drink, we, we were able to slowly make our way that direction. And Rich, being in good health, once he had someone to show him the way and walk him up the ridge and out of the woods, he was good. He, he was safe. He was saved. But Mark, on the other hand... Um, he needed more help. He could only take a few steps at a time and then he needed to rest. He needed to drink a lot of water that we continued to bring to him because he was very dehydrated. And that was much more of a process. Um, it took a, a lot of patience, a lot of encouragement, a lot of breaks. Uh, just as a side note, one, one of the things that, that happened during that afternoon was... Um, the conversations we had. Mark and I, during breaks, we talked about work. Um, another neighbor named Jay, who I'd never met before, um, he, he showed up and was a part of things. And Jay was kind of new to the area, and he, start, he asked, what's a good church in town that, that you would recommend? And we talked a little bit about faith as, as part of this. But, but the point is, we were in it together, and we were getting Mark where he needed to go together. It took some time, um, but, but with each other's help and following the, the, the sun, um, we were able to get Mark to the top of the, the ridge 
where my neighbor Greg brought his four-wheeler in and we, we were able to, to drive Mark out. After everything, everyone was out of the woods. There was kind of this small gathering. This almost kind of felt like a celebration party on the side of the road where they had left their truck and, and everybody was smiles and happy. And I share that story with you, not to talk about me and, and, and my life, but as an illustration for those of us that are, that are followers of Jesus, how easy it is to become so confident, so self-reliant, that, that we can easily get off track ourselves. In a few moments, as, as we listen to a closing song together, um, I invite you to, to think about a few things from today. Don't forget about the story of Zacchaeus, the, the man that did whatever he could to seek out Jesus. Don't forget about me and, and my story of, of helping some couple of guys that were lost and getting lost myself and my pride and arrogance. But most importantly, don't forget about Jesus. He will restore you and give you the, the greatest life you can imagine. And he is doing that constantly. Let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you so much for the story of Zacchaeus, for how Jesus sought him out, for showing us that being lost is something that you don't want us to settle for. Jesus seeks us and restores us. He comes and finds us. No matter how long we've been wandering, no matter what we've done, no matter how big or small it might be, Jesus is there for us. Lord, help us today to look to you, to follow you, and to do our best every day to live for you. Thank you for your grace and your forgiveness and your unconditional love in our lives. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.